What up, what up? This is your main man, Leo, and I'm here frustrated. And excuse me with my frustration, here to talk to you guys about depression, how it's increasing, is it getting worse, or actually are they doing something about it and improving? I'm going to give you guys what I've been dealing with. So I see a therapist and I see a psychiatrist. I haven't seen them enough this year. There's been a big misunderstandings. They're overbooked. It's to a point where I got to be in a waiting list to see them at certain points. And they're overwhelmed. They don't have enough therapists or psychiatrists and psychiatrists. And it's just a big mess. It's a big mess right now. And they told me that it increased after COVID. After COVID, depression increased. It got worse. And a lot of people probably relate to me, especially being at home, not working. Some people lost their jobs. Who knows what people went through during that time? Who knows the mess that they went through? So I'm going to break it down to you guys real quick and let you guys know what I'm dealing with. So I'll talk about my psychiatrist first. Haven't seen him at all this year. I was booked for an appointment earlier this year. It got rescheduled because I missed it. It was my fault. That one time, the one opportunity I had to see him, I missed it because it didn't work with my schedule. I tried to be rescheduled. They told me he was overbooked and I had to get put in the waiting list. Months went on. I got the call to get rescheduled for him. It was my turn. When I returned the call, they told me I wasn't in the waiting list anymore and I had to get put again in the waiting list. After I got called and I told them, okay, it's been almost six months. I haven't seen my psychiatrist for a while. I have medical-ish questions I want to ask them. I need help. Obviously, that's why I've been getting this help for years and it's not working. What else can you guys refer me to? They refer me to a third party that they hired outside of my, what do you call it, uh, my providers. They have a contract through a third party. It's only video calls. I don't like video calls. They don't, they're not the same as seeing somebody in person in a private room. It feels more personal, more privacy, and it feels like nobody's around eardropping. It's there in the room by yourself, just one-on-one, -on -one, and they're in front of you, and it feels more personal. The video call, you got to do it at home. You got to figure it, go to a private room or something like that. It's just, uh, it doesn't feel the same. So as in my psychiatrist, I haven't seen them all year. I'm still on the waiting list, trying to see what's going on. They're short-staffed. They're overbooked. As in my therapist, I haven't seen this person enough this year. I was scheduled in the beginning of the year for a few appointments. And then I was scheduled recently an appointment with, with them. And what happened, it was a big mi miscommunication. It was supposed to be a video call. I'm waiting for the call. They never called me. After the next appointment that I had with this person, my therapist, I told them what happened to the video call. I called, tried to reschedule, and then they put me in the waiting list just to see my therapist. And my therapist, I've only seen them less than a handful of times this year. 
less than that. I want to say three max. They told me, you go through a department to make an appointment. They told them I was supposed to go in person because I've been going in person all this year. The two or three times I've seen this person, my therapist. And the last appointment was supposed to be a video call. And I'm waiting for the video call. And the person, my therapist's impression was I was going to go in person. So I never got the call. I never showed up. So when we rescheduled and I actually spoke to my therapist, they told me, well, you were supposed to come in person. I'm like, well, they told me you were supposed to be a video call. So we had to cancel that appointment and rescheduled and they put me in the waiting list as well until finally they booked me. And it's like the booking is like three months ahead of time just to get an appointment with them. It's crazy. They're overwhelmed, they're overbooked. They don't have enough employees to deal with all the people they're dealing with the depression and it's increasing and it's affecting everybody. It seems like it's getting worse. And you could tell one thing that they're getting overwhelmed as well. You could see and feel the frustration of what they're dealing with. And you could just imagine the stuff that they're dealing with. They're sitting there hearing people's problems five days out of the week, eight hour shifts, overwhelmed with various of people's problems and depressions and mentalities. You could just imagine how overwhelmed they get from work every day. I could just imagine they, they don't have enough staff members. Then as in the calls and text messages, because there is crisis hotlines that my medical providers provide, I'm going to give you guys a little story of what happened there. I had an issue once recently, right? And I'm getting home from work and I'm dealing with all this frustration from work. I get home just to deal with more problems. And I get away to call one of those crisis hotlines. My impression off the back, if you don't want to hurt yourself, don't be wasting our time. That's the impression I got. Minute I called, are you trying to hurt yourself? No, I just want somebody to hear me out and listen to me. Okay, start speaking. In the middle of the conversation, how do you feel right now, sir? Well, I'm venting to you. Are you trying to hurt yourself? Are you in a safe area where you could hurt yourself? No. I'm in my car. I'm just want to vent. Can you just hear me out? Well, sir, it's kind of late. If you don't mind, you should just go home and go to sleep. And they gave me like the impression is if I don't want to hurt myself, don't bother calling these lines. And I thought we were able to call these crisis hotlines even just to vent or speak to them and trying to prevent ourselves to get to that point. But apparently that's not how it works. I'm not sure if I just had a bad receptionist that day or whatever, but that was my experiences, my experience on the crisis hotline. I do have some positive feedback though. So I went up to an open house, one of my kids recently, and I could tell you these schools are wising up, or at least the schools where my kids go to row over here. And I noticed some differences and stuff that I was actually like, glad that they able to provide this kind of stuff here in these schools and I was very surprised and like wow they're actually aware of this like look how long it took so I went to this open house these schools have this thing called a calming center they're aware that these kids could have rough days overwhelmed frustration depression anxiety 
and they had the ability during class to ask the teacher or tell the teacher if they could go to the calming center. So what the calming center is, they took us in there and they have couches, real nice couches, and you could tell the environment does look peaceful. They have these games that are like therapist games, like to relax you and get your nerves down. They have private rooms, or if you want to go speak to somebody, you are able to do that. It was actually very nice. It was very nice and very, I guess, exciting that they, they're able to provide this kind of service. If you have a kid in school and is dealing with this kind of stuff, you should see if your school, your student's school has provides this stuff. So another thing that they provide, if kids need to vent and see a therapist, they pull them out, I guess, out of certain classes or certain peri periods of classes to go to this calming center so they could talk and vent and they give them questionnaires and they get to ask ask them questions how they feel how they've been feeling and they get to answer it but it's a nice environment it's a very cool thing that they're actually doing for these students because they're realizing these kids they're not bad kids they just need help and the right guidance these kids back in the 80s, like my age and all that, I didn't know what the heck this was. I didn't know what anxiety was. I remember I used to be in class and I, I was just, I felt like crying. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I felt like I was nervous and I just wanted to go home and just go to my mom or my dad. And I, I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know it was anxiety. I wasn't aware of it. And... They provide this in this, some of these schools now, and I was actually pretty happy about that. And if you have a student, you should definitely look into this. Definitely look at and definitely tell, you know, give the hand to the student and be all like, don't be afraid to join that. If you are feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or you have anxiety, don't be ashamed and do it and go to those classes and go to these calming centers. They're awesome. And it's free and for the public and for the student. Take advantage of that stuff. And if you are a teenager and you are going to school, find out if they have that kind of stuff in your school. Because I guarantee you, if you do it, it will help you now. Fix the issue now. Figure yourself out now. Don't do it later. Or even later it will help. But you know what I mean. Take care of it now. Sooner instead of later. That's what I meant. And that was awesome. I Actually, I was pretty surprised that they did that. And that the schools offer that. It was nice. Uh, another thing I want to talk to you guys about. Everything is mental. One thing I've noticed is everything is in our mind. Whatever doesn't work needs to fix. We need to fix it and improve it. it remember I've said this and i preached this so much. It's about getting better. Don't be afraid to fail. And people are afraid of fail. And they're afraid to try because of failure. And because of the way society is. I remember this uh, story I saw from, um, I think it was social media or I read it in an article. Can't quite remember where I saw this. Einstein is doing a math problem or something like that, right? And he's putting all these correct answers, but one of the answers is wrong. The students start laughing because it was a simple answer, but he put it wrong. And after everybody settles down and they correct them and they're laughing at them and giving them a hard time, he tells them, 
I wanted to prove a point. I want you guys to see how society is, and they really are that way. This is going to hit you. They pay attention. There's 10 problems in the board. Out of the 10 problems, nine of them are correct. But the one wrong answer that I put there purposely, all of you guys started laughing, correcting me, making fun of, and everything. But nobody gave me credit for the nine correct answers. So what does that tell you? That you could do nine out of ten things right in the one mistake you do, society is going to make it the worst mistake you've ever done. They're going to see it as that's the worst failure you've done in your life. And I felt that way. And that's why depression hits because of the way these people are and the way we're surrounded by these people. Haters, let them hate. That's their job. Just like Cat Williams said, that's their job to hate. But we need to fix that mindset because everything falls on us. We can't give them that power of satisfaction, how they affect us. And you guys, if there's anybody that could relate to that's me, I let people get the best out of me. Man, I'm going to give you guys a quick story. I went to a gas station recently. And if you guys follow me on social media, by the way, at you, the letter U underscore got this, you guys will see and pay attention what kind of area I live in. And you could probably um, figure it out by the pictures I post and the area where I'm walking my dog and stuff like that. It is a rough area. So here goes the story. I go put gas and I'm in my work clothes. Coming out of the gas station, this homeless person asked me for, for some change. This, oh man, I don't know how to say it. He looked like an old school gangster guy, heavy set, short. Butts in, he's all like, hey, you give him some money. Like he's telling me, but minding my own business, I keep going towards my car to go pump gas in my car. And this guy goes behind me. He's all like, you fucking pig, you dirty cop. And I'm like, what the hell? What, what is he talking about? So I turn around, but I'm like, is he, obviously I'm not a cop. So what is he talking about? Right? He passes by. He's all like, Bro, you're trash. I know you're, you're a cop, bro. And I'm like, what the hell? How do you figure I'm a cop? I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, you heard me. He's like, you heard me. And I'm like, no, I didn't. It says, sounded like you said something. I'm a trashy cop or something like that. And I walk a little bit towards him. And he's all like, yeah, I see those green pants. This guy thought I was a cop because I had green pants on. Are you serious? That ruined my whole day. I'm like, are you serious, bro? You're calling me a dirty effing cop because I got green pants on? I'm like, at that point in time, I felt like socking them and stuff like that. I, obviously, I didn't. I walked away, finished pumping gas in my car, went to work, but that ruined my whole day. 
this nobody calls me an effing cop for no reason because I had green pants on. And this is the environment we live in. Well, at least I live in and the stuff I deal with. It's getting worse out there. And people, health mentality is getting worse. Their mental health is getting worse. Like I've always said, it's up to us to change it. It's on us to do what we got to do to make it better. We could do everything right, but the one mistake we do, people are going to push us down and talk smack about us and make fun of us and all that. And I could tell you, laying these podcasts out, it's been a struggle. Because of people that I know that listen to it, I'm afraid the fun, making fun of me is going to happen or if they're going to laugh at me or because I did a, a mistake like I did right now and I'm stuttering or I don't speak the proper languages or I don't say the things the proper way. But it's about improving. How am I going to improve if I don't let these things out and let it out, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to fix on my mentality and don't get my energy to these people. I'm working on it. It's an everyday process. And there's two things that we got to look at it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about us. Nobody cares when I dealt with my lawsuits. Nobody cared when I was in the bottom floor struggling in my life when I almost lost everything. Nobody cared my hardest times in my life. I was by myself. Nobody cared. I could think about it that way. Or I could say, F it. I'm going to do whatever I want because nobody cares. I'm going to do whatever makes me happy for that particular reason. Because in the end of the day, nobody cares. They're going to sit there. They're going to talk regardless of the situation. There was another story that I saw too. I think this one was on social media. So it's an old man with his wife walking the donkey. Now like, oh, look at these jackasses. They're walking the donkey. They can't even use it, utilize their equipment that they have there, the donkey, you know? They're carrying the stuff. They're not even letting the donkey do the work for them. A second picture comes up. The wife is wearing uh, on top of the donkey. Oh, look at that guy. What an idiot. He's letting his wife use the donkey instead of him. He's still walking. What a dumbass. Another picture. He's on top of the donkey and the wife is pushing the donkey. Walking. Oh, look at this selfish guy. Instead of letting his wife ride the donkey, he's over there using it. What a selfish guy. There's another one. The last picture where both of them are on top of the donkey, riding it. Poor donkey. These people are talking. Look at him. He's struggling. Man, these people are cruel. How can they do that to the poor animal? So regardless of what they did, they always have something to say. And that's where our mentality comes in. We got to let these people talk. We got to let these people do whatever the hell they want. But we cannot let them affect our mental health. Because it's our mental health. And they don't care the effect that they're doing to us. They don't care 
how they're affecting us emotionally and mentally. Same thing at work with these managers and supervisors harassing us, abusing their authority. They don't care. So if they don't care, why should I? But I'm not in that point yet. I am working on it. <laughs> and all I could do is try to get better. Guys, thank you for listening. For the handful of you guys that listen to my podcast, I appreciate it. Much love. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep pushing regardless how crappy I sound or how bad these podcasts are or how the ratings are not that doing good because this is how I vent and this is how I let my, my emotions out. And thanks to you guys listening to me because there's nobody else out there. I would want to probably start interviewing people and getting their hardest part in their lives and seeing their struggle and how they deal with it. And one thing I want to let you guys know, if you guys are around and you guys are dealing with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and you're still here and you're listening to this, listen to me. You are a savage. You are a FM badass because you're still here and you dealt with those hard times and you're still here and you're still pushing you're still here and you're doing it and they haven't stopped you and they're not gonna stop you because you got this